right, guys, we're back at it with today's episode. Yet I know it's again. a little weird. It's on a Wednesday, but, you know, we enjoyed our three-day weekend and we're having time with friends and family, so um, the schedule got changed a little bit. But, but today we are discussing yeah. volumes, high and low and mid. It's a little bit of everything, um, kind of our experiences working in those go-go-go clinics to um, what am I supposed to do now type of clinics. I can only clean so much. <laughs> so, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Let's do it. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. We are going to be discussing kind of some of the pros and cons. Well, of both, I guess, of uh, high-volume clinics and... Clinics that are a little bit more one-on-one. I won't say slow, but. <laughs> you can say it. That's fine. <laughs> well, slower, slower, because it's not technically slow. Like, you're not always slow. But, you know, ones that focus a little bit more one-on-one with the patient. Um, which one do you want to dive in first, Ken? Which one do you feel? Um, I guess we can do high volume first. But I feel like your experience is more high volume than mine. Well, currently, Because that yeah. was a. PTA for like eight months before I yeah. went to a slower clinic while you have four years in high volume and the rest in like mid volume, I would say. Yeah. So My... the reason this, like, this topic came up is because we I switched from a very high volume clinic to a not so high volume clinic. So if us trying to come up like, oh, like, anything interesting happened at work? I'm like, actually, not really, because I see the same patients over and over again, so nothing really changes. So we started to compare the difference between our, would you rather have a lot of volume or not as much volume? Mm -hmm. And what's kind of the pros and cons of it? So that's kind of where we came about. Um, This is what happens, guys. We literally take things from our daily lives to talk about. Um, and discuss and kind of bring different perspective on. So high volume clinics, again, I think it depends on the person. If you like to stay busy, high volume clinics might be great for you because there is never a dull moment. There always feels like there's something to do. And no offense, you always feel like you're running behind. Doesn't mean that necessarily that's bad. It just means you're busy. Um, And if you like to stay busy, that's great. Now, if you're also person who really likes just to do like manual and then kind of like you know kind of hand them off to a technician to do the exercises and you're only spending a couple minutes with them high volume also in that place can work great and when I'm speaking high volume I'm saying like six patients an hour um I was gonna say like 25 to 30 a day yeah I'm like give or take um so you know it it can be busy. Um, there's times where it'll, it'll be a mad rush. And then there's times where it'll be like one or two and you can get caught up on things. I think the worst with high volume is, again, it's easy to get behind. Um, your notes can kind of get behind. Your notes usually take a dip on um, kind of being more lazy note charting, I would say. Um, versus the quality it's about how quick you can get them done just because you don't have as much time to get them done 
Um, you've got, again, short amount of time with the patient before you need to move on to the next one. Um, some places I know that have high volume don't even do manual. They will just have you run through the exercises with the patients because uh, you have too many that you oversee at once. So they don't even do manual. Um, so that's some of the cons for it. Again, some of the pros I would say is the fact that you're always going to be busy. You get to see a lot of different injuries usually. Um, it's usually a mix of injuries. So you don't usually get stuck with just like one type or, you know, have just all backs or all shoulders or all knees. You kind of get a little bit of mix no matter what. You kind of get to see all the patients. And I will say one of the pluses if you get um, patients that you're just like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to spend that much time with that person. High volume could be nice for that reason. <laughs> um, you just you know, get in and get out. Yeah, you get in and get out. You definitely like some of those awkward ones where no matter how much you try to like talk to them, you can't get like anything out of them. So it just makes for an awkward like 30 minutes or, you know, an hour of just odd silence. And so um, you're just like those ones, if you're kind of in and out, then you're you're done with them. Or if you're working with a lot of people, you kind of have a mix. So High volume can be great that way. I also think it's nice sometimes with patients who don't like to be handheld. Um, we kind of talked about different personality personalities last episode. Um, if you missed it, check it out. We just kind of touch on different things that we see um, in different groups. But like some people don't like to be hovered over while doing their exercises. Some people like to be given like a, hey, do this, this, and this. And then you kind of watch them from a distance. In a high-volume clinic, that can be good for those patients. And if you like having those patients, then being at a high-volume clinic can be nice too because you have other people you can work with versus just having a lot of independent people who don't want to be hovered over. And, again, you can give corrections from a distance and things like that. Um, or, you know, you're giving usually one quick correction and that's kind of it for that exercise. Uh, high volume clinic can be nice for that because then you don't just feel like you're sitting there like, I'm not doing anything. Am I really helping you? Like, that? I, I don't know what to do because the patient's actually doing really well, but you still need to come to therapy because we need to do it. And you still need mid-verbal cueing or tactile cueing, but it's not like I need to sit with you the whole entire time. Um so high volume can be nice that way because then you get to stay busy still. Um, and you don't just feel like you're sitting there. Hopefully that made sense. It did. So. I was just letting you kind of go on your little spree <laughs> here. We promise this is a dual podcast, guys. Um, Laura just kind of gets on a train of thought and she just kind of rolls with it. Well, that and, and Ken was over here putting his blue, blue glasses on too. <laughs> is the whole interruption thing so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna let you kind of go hey i was cleaning my desk a little bit i found my blue light lens and i just put them on because i was just kind of in all fairness because like what did you leave me with like you kind of hit almost every point for high volume and i'm just kind of like you threw me the high volume one so i I just ran with it i thought it would be like a you say a couple things i say a couple things but no you kind of just well, you I'll muted your mic, so I didn't know. I have to take care of the rest. <laughs> I mean, for like two seconds. Um, I guess to kind of finish up a couple things on high volume, because Laura took 99.9% of it. 
uh, I do know I a couple one. people that <laughs> do thrive in that high volume. Mm-hmm. So I worked with one PT, um, several PTAs who just love that. They love the go, go, go from place to place to place. Um, one thing you have to be mindful, though, if that's what you're doing. But the like day in, day out, you run the risk of burnout. Mm-hmm. And we've had several episodes on burnout. Laura and I have both been burnt out. And I wasn't even a PTA yet. I was still a technician and I was I was done. Um, Laura left the field for a little bit because she was also burnt out. So the problem with those high volume places, and I, I mainly speak if it's not what you're looking for, it can be detrimental, not just um, for like your health, but like your career, things you might not want to do anymore. You start blaming the job and not really asking yourself like why you got into it in the first place. Yeah. Um, versus those PT, that PT and the PTAs that I've known, like, oh, they love it. They hate sitting around doing nothing. So they jump at the opportunity of being able to treat somebody. Like you would think that one patient cancels and they'll want to catch up on their notes. They're like, nope, I got it. I'll take your patient if you need more time on your notes. I'm like, you saw the last five. I, I know have I'm still no behind, notes. But dang, you want to <laughs> you want to keep going? Like, OK, like, I'm not going to say no, but. I mean, obviously, we didn't have quotas or anything, so I didn't care. But I say just kind of be mindful. Definitely try not to get burnt out. Still do the things that you love to do outside of work. Remember why you got into the job. And if you love high volume, then that's for you. Um, Personally, for me, I would say it's not. And mainly, it's just because it really wears you down. Um, Like I said, we've been burnt out. Um, My hands started to hurt, and you were just... In and out, in and out, in and out, doing manual, 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 manual. And like you said, Laura, like there are places that don't do manual at all. They kind of do more of a gym environment. Mm -hmm. But you don't really get personal with any patient. And if you're not really there for that, then that's also for you because you don't really have to get to that level with patients. And you'll see that it's the complete opposite when we switch gears over to more of that one-on-one slower paced environments. Yeah, and on the note of just, like, Ken talking about the burnout, if you think that environment, because a lot of times, too, like, you know, a couple weeks or a month feels really good in that environment, and so you're like, this is the environment for me, and then eventually you can start to wear over time, and then it's not, again, it's not necessarily bad. Some people thrive in that. I loved it for years. Honestly, I loved being busy for years. Um, It wasn't until, you know, I was seeing over 100 patients a week that it really got to me when everybody was seeing under a hundred patients a week. Um, it wasn't until I was drowning in notes that it really got to me. So like, if you can see those patients, a, a good amount of patients and have that high volume clinic, and then they can give you more time to chart and that kind of stuff, then yeah, it might be worth it in the long run. Um, but my main point of this was like talking about the burnout. If you do get into that clinic setting and you think, you know, you originally that's what you love, that's what you liked, and then you start to like it starts to burn you out. Try a different setting is my advice. Because sometimes it's not the job itself, it's the setting and it just needs to be a change of pace. And that's okay if you go from being loving high volume, because again, like I said, I loved high volume clinics. Um, I loved doing the manual work um a lot more than kind of running exercises. Again, it's part of our job, but I love the manual. I just felt more hands-on and, you know, getting to really use my personal skills in that way. Um, 
But, you know, now as I've gotten older too, it's it's not a clinic that I, I permanently want to stay in, in that style of one. Um, and so I do look for different things now when, when I have a job. And that's the, the one I took. Uh, that was one of the big things I looked for is how, how many patients on average are you expected to see um, per day. So moving on to that, I guess we kind of have the middle ground. Um, yeah, because that's kind of what you're in right now is kind of the yeah. middle ground. You're not seeing 30, but you're not mm-hmm. seeing 12 like me. And well, Duncan just broke into my office. <laughs> I guess I did see only 13 today, which felt like a slow day. <laughs> so right now, um, our my PT is on her honeymoon. And so she's been gone for a while. So we have only a couple days where we can fill here or there. So today, like, I was all by myself, which was the weirdest thing. Did I ever tell you I had to teach them that I could only see two patients an hour? So I Yeah, you were telling a, me because they weren't sure, but they don't really. Yeah. We, we discussed this during our what PTs know about our bylaws and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. So out here in Nevada, you can only see two. So right now I work nine-hour days, um, so I can only see two patients an hour. And we have to book it that way just because of the fact that you don't want, you know, to book it in hopes of someone canceling, um, that's not going to really work. Um, so it was just being by myself today. And so we had quite a few cancellations. Ken said it was a, a crap ton. I had five, three because they were sick two because one forgot a doctor's appointment. Other one would not give a reason. He wanted to reschedule. Okay. But I, have I mean, it's, it's all relative. Yeah. Well, so if you had 18 patients scheduled, Mm-hmm. And five of them canceled. I still got to see thirteen. <laughs> I know, but that's, that's your compliance rate is seventy-two. She, you know what? That's they a twenty-eight percent cancellation rate. Which after a holiday, when you that's work this field bad. long enough, like you know that the twenty-eight percent cancellation rate is not good. <laughs> it was higher, but at least it wasn't like it's hey, I canceled a, because of this or that. If you had if you had thirty patients and five canceled, you'd be thankful and <laughs> happy that you still party. Be, right well and the thing is too is like we have patients who are on a waiting list to get in for this week but they all want like fridays and friday is just me again and so i'm booked and so um you know we're talking about opening it up but going back to it like it's nice like i feel like i get to know our patients i get to chart a little bit more during i will admit i'm horrible at charting while working with the patient Mainly because of the fact that I focus so much on the patient, which I absolutely love. I get to really know my patients. Um, I I know even if I'm not working with them that day, they know I'm still there and involved. We, we get to talk. They, I get to gear their exercises a lot more towards their goals and what they're actually active doing because it's easier to find that information out. Um when, the more you talk about them, the more you find out of things like sometimes they don't mention. Hey, you know, oh yeah, I really want to go out walking with my grandkids again because that's what we used to do. And it's like, oh, okay, well, let's get going on that. Or they're like, oh, yeah, my family wants to go golfing, but, you know, I can't quite do it yet. And that's something you can work on. Sometimes they just don't give that information up. And so when you get to have that relationship with them, um, you know, you do get to know it a little bit more. But you feel busy enough that you always have something to do. 
but not slow enough that you feel like you're twiddling your thumbs is the best way of putting it. So I kind of find it as a happy medium. Well, speaking of twiddling thumbs, let's go to the slow environment. So, like we said, I jumped from high volume to low volume. That's where I'm at mm-hmm. now. Um, our what's goal like is... It? Huh? One more what's time. It, what's it like? Um, like I said, twiddling thumbs. A lot of it. A lot of it. So, our goal is to see 16 patients per day. So, we are trying to hit like that middle ground. Um, I did work, or I guess I did my rotation in a place that they did one patient per hour. Wait, or 16, per 30 minutes. sorry. 16 patient a day is that per therapist correct okay um but it was at a clinic where we did one patient per 40 minutes so it kind of turned into like a weird 13 14 12 ish patient range so i've done both from that high volume to the low volume sorry my dog is really just all over the place right now he (laughs) just wants to play um and for now, we're still kind of at that anywhere from six patients to 10 patients. 10 patients is probably like my busiest day I've ever had. And the thing about it for now is, yes, it's nice to be able to take that break from that high volume, from that go, 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 go to this more relaxed state. But the problem is when you see the same patients over and over again, especially if it's like a post-op, Nothing really changes. Mm-hmm. So, like Laura said, sometimes you want to just get in, get out. Some patients don't really like, they don't really talk, they don't do anything, so you just move on to the next. You're stuck with that patient that doesn't want to talk for one hour straight. And it's funny because oh, I'm going to have <laughs> some, <laughs> kind of, I have some patients, or have had, I guess, either way, where, you know, you ask them about their weekend. You ask them, oh, what'd you do over the weekend, blah, blah, And they're like, oh, nothing. But they don't reciprocate any of it. They don't ask me what I did over the weekend. They don't ask me what my plans are for the day. So it turns into this huge one-sided conversation where it's like, do you want not want to talk? Like, if you don't want to talk, like, it's fine. I get it. We'll just sit here quietly and you'll do like your thing. questions. And- <laughs> yeah like you're trying to find something that they're interested like and then you have them teach you about that if you know nothing about it or if you do then go ahead and have that conversation so right now we have like a patient who has worked on like submarines i know absolutely Ooh. nothing about submarines so i'm like oh like teach me some things about a submarine that way the patient feels you know they get to talk about something and they're passionate about it but a lot of the times like again it's just one-sided like they, I keep asking them all these questions, but none of it gets reciprocated. So we're kind of just like in this weird limbo phase where, all right, well, let's just uh, take care of your manual. Let's do some exercises and uh, call it a day. Yeah. Um, but you do get to build a really strong connection with a lot of patients. Like um, some like know our birthdays, some bring us things. Like it's to a point where it's very personable. Um, our patients love coming. Our compliance rate is super high because they love being there because they know us so well. Whoa, and whoa, whoa. I feel like that was a dig there. Our compliance rate. A little rate. bit. <laughs> hey, my patients We didn't have too. five cancels on one therapist. They were sick. They were running fevers. No one wants them to come in. I mean, I'll I swear something's going I wouldn't want to come in if I had a fever. Yeah, something's going around. Just say, okay, sorry, go on. <laughs> but... um. 
I already forgot what I was saying. <laughs> uh, you get to like, really know the patient. They get to know you, which is great. Mm-hmm. They come in and they, you, they're more like your friends coming in versus just your patients, mm-hmm. which is not something you really feel when you work in those high volume clinics. Sometimes you can like you can quickly build a connection, but it's harder to find that connection if it's not easily accessible. Like me yeah. playing 20 questions with a patient for 10 visits because, you know, I see him for five minutes versus playing 20 questions for an hour. It's much easier to find something that we can relate to versus not having anything at all in the five minutes that we talked. And it's like, all right, well, hopefully next time I'll see you on Wednesday. Maybe then we'll be able to connect. So it kind of just depends which one is more for you. Like if you really want to connect with your patients, um, you don't mind twiddling your thumbs every once in a while because there's really nothing to do then maybe that slower environment is for you. But the downsides for that is that if you are in a slower environment, typically they won't pay you as well as a high volume clinic. So there are sacrifices to be made, but when it comes to your physical health, your mental health, and the reason why you got into the job there, those are all factors you need to be considered before just thinking about the money and where it's at. Going off of your slow volume, it doesn't always mean, though, that you're twiddling your thumbs, too. Because, like, you could have slow volume in home health. Um, you can have your uh, smaller volume, slower volume in inpatient. And then, like you said, you could have an outpatient clinic where you worked one-on-one. Where you're busy, you always have someone to do or someone to work every single hour. But it is just that one-on-one time where it's a little more integrated. I will say, though, too, is usually if you're in a setting that has you back-to-back book one-on-ones. Um, I think it's more, and you can back me up, Ken, if you feel the same way. I think it's actually more physically demanding because usually those patients need more assistance hands-on, and that's why they are one-on-one. So that is something to keep in mind that, like, if you're going into home health, if you're going into skilled nursing, if you're going into, like, a balance center where it's one-on-one treatment, those are required. They're they're a little more high risk for things, and they're they require more work because of the fact that they're gonna physically need your help. Um, which again is not a bad thing, but for someone like me who clearly apparently likes to be injury prone, maybe cleave physically on someone else. Eh, that's just not to sound sounds good for me. Um, you guys can hold so. each other's gate belts. Yeah. Like they'll put a gate belt on Holds you each and other you put one up, on them. Yeah. I'll hold them for. And it's like, all right, you hold on to me. I'll hold on to you. And one of us can't. loses our balance. Just go ahead and quickly tug us back. Tug us but back to upright. Wouldn't you say that's like the case too? Is like when you worked in the balance center where you were busy, but it was like those patients. You're like you're not charting while you're treating because of the fact that like it's actually you right. are treating. You are charting while you're treating. Um, so the balance center I was at had harnesses. So this is the main reason why. I was about to say that balance center did. I know the ones I don't. So if, because there was harnesses, you were able to kind of roll your computer around, take care of your notes while you're working with the patient. Um, if you can't do that, then yes, you are definitely needed to be more attentive, which makes Mm -hmm. it harder to maybe catch up on your notes because you're back to back. And it was funny you mentioned that because when I was at my rotation and I think, I don't know, maybe my first or second day, I don't really remember. And we were back to back to back. 
I look at my CI and I was like, so uh, if you need to go to the bathroom, like, what do, what do you do? And then they're just like, you hold it. I'm like, <laughs> excuse me? And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, you, you can't leave your patient unattended because it's one-on-one and they're balanced. So you can't just have them stay there. You pray but as soon as you let up. one patient go, you bring another one back. So it's like you don't have any like moments of rest in between. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I drink a lot of water. I'm going to have to. <laughs> that reminds you know, we're gonna me have to, of like, someone tag who you wouldn't in let me pee. I would say the same thing that's goes what for I'm a high saying, volume. The high volume. Like, sometimes you ain't got back. time. I have three Dude, timers can... ready for you. Like, <laughs> if you are behind on this timer, someone's going to be losing time here. And Ken it ain't going to be me. would have it all set up perfectly. And I'd be like, I, I need to pee. And he goes, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> You don't got time for that. And I'm like, fine, but I need you to build to me in a pee break for like two minutes to go to the bathroom in between somewhere in here. And he'd be like, uh. I'd be like, you better way, cut it short exact, with one patient exactly or another patient. Cause uh, fine. <laughs> sometimes you ain't got time. So but, working in that patient population too, like that's, you're just so back to back that it does make it difficult. So yeah. at least right now I am one on one, but because they don't they don't set anybody on E-STEM, moist e packs like that balance centers don't need that really. It's mainly orthos, mm-hmm. so they never got set up. So as soon as they got back, you got straight into work. Yeah. At least now, like our one on one patients get set up for ten minutes or so. That so gives you a little be. time to either go use the facilities or maybe catch up on a note or two. Yeah. But. Or like the you're thing right. Is when too, the one on one back to back is definitely still fairly demanding, especially when it's like balanced because it's just a different a lot type of, of lifting. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lifting, a lot of like we had an MS patient, almost com- total dependent. So lifting them was almost all us. While they were up, we still had to maintain their balance while they held onto the gate bars and attempted some heel raises or attempted marching things like that just kind of get them moving but some conditions you're definitely looking at some uh, back problems mm-hmm. so it, it's just it just all depends on what you love um and what you want to do like the that's a great thing about our field is we do have options um again this isn't to put down one or another um like one of the things i forgot to touch on in my where it's kind of that medium in between high volume and um, lower volume. One of the things that's a pain in the butt is because of the fact of how many you're treating, they really want you to be so on point with your, your coding, which is a good thing. Um, but sometimes, man, it can get so tedious because it's like, oh, if you move two units, if you were able to do it in, for NeuroEd instead of, Therex, or if could, if you can make this exercise a therapeutic activity versus Therex, like it, it can change, and that's what they really want you to like focus on. So it's like that tedious billing awareness. Um, sometimes that can get you, and if you don't want to be that focused on billing, and you'd rather go to a clinic that they're they're okay if you charge everything as Therex um, because of the, the amount of volume, then by all means uh, look into that because again each each amount has their ups and downs um and it all just depends on your personality all depends on what you're looking for where you are in your life stage 
and it's okay don't be discouraged on yourself if you no longer like the setting you originally loved because as we change and as we get older as the field changes patient population changes it's okay for us to adjust too um, luckily I think there's a lot in our field that we can change to and adjust to and that is one of the nice things is there's different settings we're not just stuck um, but yeah and right now honestly in a lot of states we have to leg up because we're in high demand um, and so we really can seek out positions that we love so that that is one nice aspect right now if you're you're looking into changing or um, maybe renegotiating but yeah well I mean yeah that sounded like a pretty good uh, signing off statement there um, I but I agree that yeah that kind of all tied things together um, I think some of the main points that you said that I really agree with like if you don't think that that's the only setting um, it's okay if you want to switch like you said like as we get older our preferences might change so don't feel bad if you want to try a different higher volume or lower volume whatever the case may be um, that's the nice thing about our field there's many there's so many different options that you can go into that mm -hmm. you can still do what you love and find the place where you love doing it so with that thank you so much for listening um, do all the things like share check out the Instagram check out the YouTube join the discord PTA source run by our friend Nick um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So we'll catch you guys Friday. Till next time. Later. The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.